NFL season week two of the college football season on the rookie big board I'm your host Matt Hicks the FF educator on today's episode we are going to recap an outstanding week one of college football I'm talking about 10 Devi standouts from this past weekend we're going to look ahead to week one of the NFL season yes we finally have matchups we finally have start sit decisions and I'm going to give you seven rookie storylines that I'm going to watch for in week one and as well We will talk a little bit of the future. We're going to talk about the value of your 2023 first round pick as it stands today. Let's do it. College football week one did not disappoint. It was the first week of a full slate and my goodness Do we have some Debbie value shifting around already? I'm going to talk about 10 players that stood out for me this past weekend. To be honest, we could go 15 or 20 deep. Before I actually dig into that, I want to just put a quick disclaimer here. One of my biggest pet peeves, or I should phrase this, one of the biggest errors I see out there is when people react too quickly to Debbie value shifting week to week. So that's why I'm not necessarily calling this my 10 risers. But I'm trying to point out week in and week out here the types of players that you should be paying attention to. Some guys, this is an affirmation of what we already thought. Other guys, I'm hoping to bring to your attention. And we have to start here, of course, with Florida's Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson came to play against a tough Utah defense from last season. He ran the ball 11 times for 106 yards and three touchdowns. He passed the ball 24 times, completed 17 of those attempts, 168 yards, no passing touchdowns, but no interceptions either. That no interceptions is huge. If you remember back from the summer scouting series with Anthony Richardson, I talked about the need for him to protect the ball. He did have one play where he kind of tossed it up for grabs, but all in all here, he protected the ball. He showed off that dual threat ability, and I think a lot of folks finally caught on to what we've been talking about, which is his high upside based on his tools. Now, The question for Anthony Richardson is, can he come back and do it again next week against Kentucky? Can he be consistent through a full SEC schedule? And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if he can do that, he will be a top five overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And his Debbie dynasty value will be through the roof because my timeline is already calling him Vince Young. My timeline is already calling him Cam Newton. I'm not doing that yet because like I said in summer scouting, we knew these tools were here. If you've been listening to this podcast, you knew these tools were here and it is fantastic that he came and he showed them, but we're going to need to see it consistently over the course of the season. Still, if you have Anthony Richardson on your Debbie fantasy football roster, you cannot help but be excited. Up next here is Sean Tucker, 21 carries, 98 yards, one touchdown. He also had six receptions for 85 yards and one touchdown. Sean Tucker is the big-bodied and fast running back from Syracuse. Now, I like to talk about how Debbie value changes in my mind based on a few different factors. We know NFL draft projection is one of those things. That was Anthony Richardson. With Sean Tucker, for me, 
I kept hearing about this speed, speed, speed track star in high school, but in my summer scouting tape, you know, we can only watch so much tape on each of these guys, right? I never saw that straight line speed. Well, Sean Tucker had a big reception where he ran in a straight line and he looked fast. That's going to help me bump up his speed score. That's going to help Sean Tucker in the rookie big board rankings. Now he's pushing top three, four, five running back potential here. And Sean Tucker, I think, is going to have a real argument by the end of the season to be a first-round rookie pick in 2023, despite the fact that 2023 is a really loaded class. And I'm again going to finish this podcast episode by talking about the value of your 2023 pick because you're going to hear me consistently as I talk about Debbie guys talk about you know guys potentially being a first second round pick it's going to be important for us to keep that value in context and I don't want to spoil anything so we'll get to it here at the end of the episode Zach Evans the running back from Mississippi transferred from TCU Zach Evans remember a former five-star recruit had a wild recruiting situation ends up at TCU now he has transferred to Mississippi Zach Evans never had a huge workload in college Mississippi never has a high workload to the running backs but guess what both of those trends were bucked this past weekend and Evans very quietly ran the ball 20 times for 130 yards he had two receptions for 22 yards so all in all 22 touches for 152 yards it was very quiet it was very under the radar but we need to make sure we're talking about Zach Evans right now I have Zach Evans pushing seriously pushing that envelope for running back two in the 2023 class above Jameer Gibbs it is still safely Bijan Robinson we're not talking about Bijan Robinson because he is just always a standout it's going to be really interesting we will definitely be talking about Bijan Robinson after next week of college football because he's playing Alabama this upcoming week so that'll be a really interesting one we won't talk about Alabama but we will stay in the SEC and we'll talk about Kenny McIntosh the running back for Georgia nine receptions 160 17 yards, five carries, 18 yards. Now, folks know Georgia kind of likes to uh, use a multitude of running backs, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't minimize it as far as to say a pass catching back and a rushing back. But if you're thinking about it somewhat in that sense, Kenny McIntosh is a little bit more of that pass catching back, a la James Cook, as opposed to where Kendall Milton this year is a little bit more of that in between the back or in between the tackles back, a la Zamir White. But Kenny McIntosh, a nine receptions for 117 yards, is far beyond what James Cook ever put up for Georgia. So this is somebody who was on a long list of running backs that I hope to have the time. To, to catch in summer scouting and I just never got around to it. So Kenny McIntosh is rising for me along with others because now we're going to go back and watch that tape. We're going to put in NFL draft projections for him and he's going to shoot up boards. So if you are stashing Kenny McIntosh in a deeper Devi league, well done, well done. I have Zay Flowers in plenty of spots. Zay Flowers, the wide receiver for Boston College, but I picked him up in one more spot because after he went big, I got a trade offer the next morning and I smashed accept. 10 receptions for Zay Flowers, 117 yards, two touchdowns for Boston College. Folks, you need to get used to this stat line. All right, 10 receptions, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Get used to it because Boston College is going to feed this athletic, speedy wideout who separates well. He has great ball, ball tracking skills, great reactions to the ball in midair. Zay Flowers is going to rise to the point where he is pushing top 50 NFL draft selection, and it is time to get on Zane now because I don't think consensus is on him yet but it should be. Eric Gray, my boy, you thought I was going to make it through this standouts episode without talking about my guy, Eric Gray. 16 carries, 102 yards, two receptions, 33 yards. So in total, he touched the ball 18 times for 135 yards. Listen, I know Oklahoma played UTEP, all right? I know that's not what we're necessarily looking for, but 
Eric Gray led the way. He was running back one, and if he continues to produce as a running back one and go about 150 yards a game, then we're going to be talking about Eric Gray very seriously in the conversation of a top five to seven rookie running back and, again, a strong rookie class. How about Rakeem Jarrett, 110 receiving yards? A touchdown and six receptions for Maryland. That Maryland offense was a little slow to get going against Buffalo. That first half was a little bit of a snoozer, but they they turned it up here in the second half. Rakeem Jarrett easily looked like wide receiver one for the Terrapins. We're not forgetting about Dante Demas, but let's focus and talk about Rakeem Jarrett. Former five-star, very athletic. On testing alone, has the ability to be a day-two NFL draft selection. If he keeps putting up stat lines like this, he's going to solidify himself. Rasheed Rice... 166 yards, eight receptions, and a touchdown for SMU. Now, we have seen over the last couple of years, these SMU wide receivers, man, they are coming out into the league. We're talking uh, James Prochet. We're talking about Danny Gray the year before. And I'm forgetting about a wide receiver earlier, and it frustrates me because I love watching SMU. I love watching the Ponies. And this is a little bit deeper of one here, but don't rule out Tanner Mordecai coming onto the NFL draft scene. Tanner Mordecai, 23 for 32. That was 71% of his passes were completed. 432 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now, I know SMU played North Texas, but that is not as much of a blowout as it may seem. And SMU is going to continue to do this for the rest of the year. Rashi Rice is going to be an NFL draft selection. He can be a day two selection. And Tanner Mordecai could play his way into being a day three selection. Two more players here that I want to talk about before we wrap up segment number one. Deuce Vaughn, 18 attempts, 126 yards, one touchdown, one reception for two yards. I wanted to make sure to talk about Deuce Vaughn. In summer scouting, we mentioned that these measurables are going to be difficult to produce a high NFL draft capital, but still, he's a really fun player to watch. I'm hoping that as I'm going through these, you're picking up on names to watch over the course of the season as you're flipping on games, and Kansas State might not be a team that grabs your attention, but it's worth flipping on and at least watching a couple series to see what Deuce Vaughn can do on your TV screen, because I'm telling you it's going to get you excited. Last guy in this segment, it's Will Rogers. He threw the ball 49 times. He completed 38 of those at 77% completion for 450 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Will Rogers is the quarterback for Mississippi State. He's heading into year three of the Mike Leach offense. Now, Mike Leach quarterbacks may not uh, be taking over the NFL, but they have been getting to the NFL, and I think Will Rogers has NFL potential. He doesn't have to declare in 2023. He could, right? Or he could declare in 2024. Nevertheless, Will Rogers is somebody that needs to be under Debbie Fantasy Football Radar. From Saturday to Sunday with a stop on Thursday, we're talking about seven rookie storylines that I'm watching for in week one. And we have to start here with James Cook. James Cook is playing on the Thursday night island. You know what this reminds me of? We're talking about this controversial running back. Some people love him. Some people are fading him. He's playing on that Thursday night island game, and I'm calling it that because all eyes are on it. It's Thursday night football. It's the first game of the season. Everybody is watching, and what are we doing? We're waiting. We're waiting to overreact. We're waiting to tweet out the clips. And James Cook, man, he could see a similar type of value swing one way or the other of Clyde Edwards-Elair back in his rookie season. Remember when he ran for 100? 
500 and all of a sudden he was worth seven first round draft picks. Now it would be fun if James Cook did something similar. I'm not necessarily projecting that, but here's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking for what James Cook's usage on the ground is compared to Devin Singletary, but even more so, I'm going to be looking to see how he's using in the passing game. I have a bullish projection on James Cook for this season, and it's going to rely on him being a part of that passing game. And if he's not, if he goes out there and gets zero targets, I'm going to have to pivot real quick. I'll make sure you know about it, and now you know ahead of time. But that's going to be the key here with James Cook and this Buffalo offense. Now, they're playing the Rams. I don't want to overreact here. It's a very good defense. They're playing the Rams. So if James Cook goes out there and he isn't as efficient as we want him to be, that's one thing. We want to see usage. We want to see volume. And my goodness. All right, let's get to Sunday here because my goodness, it's like the NFL knows that we're that, that we're tracking these rookies all year long, that we're waiting. We're waiting to see these guys in action, and they give us Chris Alave and Drake London in the same game. Now, these are the two guys that I have pegged up to be the rookie wide receiver one this season. And we're going to get to see both of them in the same game when New Orleans takes on Atlanta. We're looking for usage. We're looking for red zone targets for Drake London. And we're looking to see if Chris Olave is going to dominate the target share. I'm looking for seven plus targets from Chris Olave this week. I think that would be huge. And I want to see Drake London in the end zone. This is certainly going to be a game that I am prioritizing from the purpose of looking at rookie value. Now, Another one that will be very interesting here, Houston versus Indianapolis. Damian Pierce, is this going to be a value crash? He's playing the Indianapolis Colts, generally known for having a solid front seven. Now, I won't come in here week in and week out and pretend to tell you that I understand the best defenses and the intricate level of defenses in the NFL. I really do focus on the offensive side, but... If I'm looking at Damian Pierce here, it's going to be a really interesting situation to see if his value holds there against the Colts or if it starts to crash. Now, here's the key. If you have acquired Damian Pierce either through rookie draft season or recently, you cannot panic. You are in, all right? If you acquire Damian Pierce, you are in and you get to victory lap all over me when I get it wrong, right? And you you can put it in the Discord. You can put it on Twitter. Do it all. But most importantly, do not pivot. Do not panic because whatever conviction that you took into making that trade, making that selection, you have to ride it through a potential drop in value here against a good Indianapolis defense week one. On the flip side of that, man, we could be talking a ton about Alec Pierce. He's up against this Houston defense week one. Outside of Michael Pittman, nobody has secured the targets here in the Indianapolis offense, but I do think they want to throw the ball a good amount, at least before they get up three scores against Houston at halftime. Then it's probably going to be the Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines show. But in the meantime, man, let's look for Alec Pierce to find the end zone, and let's look for me to be screaming with enjoyment about it. Another one that really interests me, Zamir White. How does he fit into this Las Vegas running back rotation? I've been very vocal about being bullish on Zamir White. Now, it'll be interesting to see how does he line up against Josh Jacobs, Amir Abdullah. I think there's a lot of question marks here. And fantasy football players, whether they're into Zamir White, into Josh Jacobs, have been taking flyers on Amir Abdullah. Or for some weird reason, if you're a Brandon Bolden fan, all right, everybody's going to be looking at this game to try to get a key, try to get a clue, try to get the roadmap to figure out what is going on in Josh McDaniels' mind. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we see a good amount of Zamir White. 
for Las Vegas this weekend. Now, this is going to be an interesting one here. Baltimore versus the New York Jets. We're going to be looking at a trio of New York Jets rookies. We're talking Brees Hall. We're talking Garrett Wilson. And I did say trio because I'm going to be looking for Jeremy Rucker. And how about the other side of the ball? It's Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is getting hyped up as a potential top three target in the Baltimore Ravens offense. Is he going to really be used? Does he get five, six targets? If so, you better get on likely now. Here's the thing. I would pay a three. I would kind of finesse around in a trade to get ahead on Isaiah Likely. It could end up being all preseason hype. He could totally bottom out. It could be nothing, but Likely has all the characteristics upsides of elite round tight end that could become valuable, and we have seen late round tight ends become valuable in the past, a la George Kittle, and I'm not saying he's George Kittle. He doesn't play like George Kittle, but he could catch the ball similar to George Kittle, right? And so for Isaiah Likely, now is the time to get ahead, and if he sees even five, six targets in week one, now is the time to get ahead of his ascension, right? Because you never want to be chasing that tight end value back. I got to be honest, I wanted to put this game on the slate mostly because I will be at the this game, I have a big weekend of football coming up I'm very excited about. I will be at the Baltimore Jets game on Sunday, and I'll actually be at the Tennessee Pitt game on Saturday. It's going to be a really fun weekend of football. I'll be tweeting it out plenty and hopefully trying to keep up with rookie value and, and all the good clips for you in between. Now, I want to finish up this segment here with Kenneth Walker. He gets that Monday night football finale, so it's a little bit of that same emphasis here that you got on James Cook, but with Kenneth Walker, it's it's a totally different ball game in the sense of, is he healthy? Will he be out there? I think the most recent quotes have kind of suggested that he'll be out there. What's that split with, with Rashad Penny? And I think this, even more than the James Cook-Devin storyline split, the Kenneth Walker-Rashad uh, Penny split, folks are going to be doing victory laps off the bat. And I hope it works for Kenneth Walker. I hope I can feel confident. But I would just proceed with a little bit of ca caution here, assuming that whatever happens week one with Seattle is what's going to happen down the stretch of the season. The hardest thing to do in Dynasty, Devi, fantasy football in general is to understand the value of your future first round selection. So we're going to take some time here to dig into what a 2023 first round pick is worth today. And it hopefully should help inform the way that you approach the early 2023 fantasy football season. Let's start with what the rookie big board looks like right now. And then to finish up this segment and to finish up this episode, we're going to actually go and talk through some trades that I solicited uh, from Twitter and Discord. But first, I want to talk a little bit about where the rookie big board is right now. So folks may or may not know. Now, whether you are a patron and you've been a patron forever or if you're just tuning in now, I'll, I'll explain this in a way. It's pretty simple. I try to make rookie analysis as simple as possible, but I have uh, about five tiers that I will place a, a rookie value in. We're just going to talk about the top three tiers now. They're quarterback ones and running back ones, essentially. I'm trying to simplify this, but these are guys that are going to seriously contribute consistently to your fantasy football squads over the next couple of years. In the 2023 class, right now I have three players in the franchise cornerstone level. This is not in order. Bijan Robinson, Bryce Young, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo. One running back, one wide receiver, one quarterback, living in that franchise quarter, franchise cornerstone range. 
All right, so if we're looking at past rookie big boards, there were zero players in that franchise cornerstone range last year. You go back to 2021, you had Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris as my projected franchise cornerstones, all right? So, and there was just three in that class, and it's projecting similar here with Bijan, Jackson Smith, and Jigba Bryce Young. When you get into the league winner tier, that's my second tier. That's a very high tier, consistent contributors. Again, not in order. C.J. Stroud, Michael Meyer, Jordan Addison, Kayshawn Boutte, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Evans, Jermaine Burton. All of these guys have the ability to have league winner upside. All right, so in total right now, in the 2023 class, I have eight projected league winners. I had five projected league winners in last year's class, and league winner was the highest tier that a player was able to finish with. We're talking about Drake London, Chris Olave, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, right? Those were the league winners. Those are the types of players that we're talking about. So that's almost a first round. That's almost a full first round. That's 11 players here that I feel have the ability to be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end ones. So that's really strong. Now, this is super flex rankings. Don't forget. But we're going through 11 picks, nearly a full first round with guys that I feel very confident at this point in time, will contribute significantly to your fantasy football team. That drop-off last year was about 105, if you want to compare it to last year's class. The the drop-off the year before was about 107. So we're looking at probably the strongest class here in the last three years. We're talking about probably the strongest class since the rookie big board really kind of formulated into what it currently is in its current state, a much more well-built-out state. And the last time a rookie class had a similar level of hype was 2020, And I think it's always dangerous, right, to get too excited or too much hype about a future class. I'm the one who talks us off that ledge often. But the point is here that we have a lot of players through 11 picks here that are significant or worth significant value at this point in time. And guess what, folks? It could get even better because my weekly starter category, those guys that are going to live in that running back wide receiver two range, which we know is very important. I currently have 16 players in that range. That's pushing us through the third round of players who could seriously contribute. Now, a lot will change. Some of those players will see their value bottom out. Some of those guys will wait until the following year to declare, right? So maybe it's not three rounds worth, but if it's two rounds worth, if it's almost two rounds worth of significant value, then you need to understand that the current value of your picks is so much higher than 2022, and it's probably the highest we've seen in the last three years. So what does that mean? What am I willing to give up for a 2023 first round pick? If you are in a rebuild of any sort, you shouldn't be trading for anything but picks. Like I am I am grasping on to my valuable players that I have no interest in bringing into next year's rookie draft season. And I am holding on. I am waiting until they do well in the first couple weeks. I'm waiting until they have one big performance. And then I'm flipping them as fast as I can to whoever in my league will give me a 23 first or second round pick. And folks, I do not care. If it is a late first round pick, it is still valuable. Is it as valuable as the top of the pick, uh, top of the first round? Of course not, no. But if we are talking about anything even in the range of 104 to 108, that is that is gold. We need that, right? So let's look at some examples of trades that I pulled from Twitter Discord. I thought I was giving a pretty, you know, simple question. I was hoping I got some responses. I'm pretty sure the, the Twitter post is at 110 you know, or 112 responses at this point in time. I asked on Discord the, the Trade Talk channel, which is always pretty active, got even more active. So I'm going to go through some examples here. I wish I could go through all 125 plus that I solicited, but I don't think anybody would actually want to listen to all of that. But I think I picked out some pretty good ones for you here. Let's start with James from the Discord. 
Damian Pearson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for a 23 first and a 23 second. All right, so if we're doing this across the board here, I think Nuck is probably the one worth the second right now in most leagues. So let's talk about a wide receiver that you could get in the second round next year. It's Marvin Mims, Jaden Hazelwood, Rakeem Jarrett. Remember I talked about Rakeem Jarrett earlier? Quinton Johnston, who a lot of folks really like out of TCU. Parker Washington, who was a popular when I asked for a flag plant, guys who are going to really rise in value. Parker Washington was a really popular one. I just need four wide receivers that I think are going on day two of the NFL draft and are going to be second round rookie picks next year. I like DeAndre Hopkins. He has done a lot for me over the years in fantasy football. I will happily ship off DeAndre Hopkins for the shot to get any of those guys, right? And then you're taking Damian Pierce, right? The running back here. And I have three running backs currently projected in the first round with the opportunity for one Probably one, maybe two more of them to end up with an ADP in the first round next year. It's Bijan Robinson, which is exponentially more valuable than Damian Pierce, but they're probably not. Nobody in your league's probably giving up a high end first round. Bijan Robinson is 101 on my board, even in a super flex right now. Nobody's probably giving up next year's 101 for Damian Pierce, but they might be giving up the 108 or 109, which is where I have Jameer Gibbs and Zach Evans projected. Jameer Gibbs is running back from Alabama. And remember, we talked about Zach Evans from Mississippi earlier. My goodness, I would take either one of those guys over Damian Pierce all day. Damian Pierce could put up a top 12, top 15 season, and I would still take Jameer Gibbs or Zach Evans over them, right? So that's the type of risk we're talking about. Sean Tucker, who we talked about earlier, has the opportunity to be in that same conversation. So James from Discord, very well done. Round of applause. Kev from Discord. Etienne for a 2023 first plus a first or plus a second round pick. So again, we're picking up a one and a two. Now Kev picked up Travis Etienne or shipped off Travis Etienne to get that same return that I just talked about. I like Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne on the rookie big board currently projects right at the bottom of that league winner tier. And that's kind of bullish on, on Travis Etienne. But, you know, I just talked about that league winner tier. That's, tra that's Travis Etienne. Now, all those players that I lift, listed off in the first and second round, you can get two of those guys. That's a two-for-one deal. Well done, Kev. All right, let's go to uh, Jagger on Twitter. Jagger May. A.J. Brown for a 23 first. I know it's hard to, to, to grasp the idea of A.J. Brown being less valuable. I love A.J. Brown. And I still have A.J. Brown, at wide receiver 18 in Dynasty. He's sitting there in league winner. By the way, folks, I'm reading right. I'm literally just clicking around the dynasty and rookie rankings that everybody who's a patron has the opportunity to look at. So I'm just reading right off the same thing. You could be listening along and watching with me. A.J. Brown is, is wide receiver 18. When we look at some of the wide receivers in the first round of next year's class, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kayshawn Boutte, Jordan Addison, Jermaine Burton, all those guys have the opportunity to come right into my rankings and sit right there at 18, if not higher. Right, So we're talking about the opportunity to quickly flip the, and return the value, even if A.J. Brown performs at his highest level in Philadelphia, which I'm not knocking him. He very well may do. But still, the opportunity to have that 23 first-round pick is greater for me. Easy money. On Twitter, man, your handle, I think, is the way that you approach your fantasy leagues because he got some easy money. He traded Joe Mixon for a, 20, a 2023 first, second, and Josh Jacobs. I gave this trade as an example of you don't have to be in a rebuild to take advantage of the value of next year's class. I don't care if that first round pick is the 112 and that second round pick is the 212 and you get Josh Jacobs. You take a, a multi-tier drop for running back this year, but you do still get some this year production. Then you have the ability... To, like I said, 
replace that running back with either the player of the same value or a different position. Let's talk about quarterbacks that could be sitting there even at the back end of the first round, right? You could be talking about Anthony Richardson, who we talked about a little bit earlier. You could be talking about a guy like Spencer Rattler rebounding in value. You very likely could be talking about Tyler Van Dyke, the big arm quarterback from Miami. Or how about maybe the tight end Michael Myers slides to 112, the back end of the first round. Right, So you're getting a yearly production now, plus a potential tight end one, plus in the second round a wide receiver two for Joe Mixon, a player who at some point is going to hit a value ceiling if he has not already. That's a pretty good trade. So you don't have to be in rebuild to get the value out of these leagues. I have like seven more trades that I want to go through, but you know I like to be concise. I like to give that rookie value, that dynasty value, that college football, NFL value for me week in and week out. So I will cut off my trades here. If you have not already, folks, if you are listening to this entire podcast, there are so many out there. If you're prioritizing this one, I appreciate you. I appreciate your support. I would appreciate even more if you check out patreon.com slash rookie big board, join the discord, get access to these rankings that I'm talking through. And year round, we're talking about this value. We are winning our fantasy football leagues. And I need you to know, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the rookie big board.